RadioInfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, Friday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Bauer on the drums and uh, Michael Pelka on the slide guitar. Beans on the microphone. I'm vocals. Wow. Uh, Frank. Yeah. I played my medley in the show the other day. Uh, which medley? My singing medley that I, cre- that I created. Oh, okay. The mashup. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. It was quite good. I actually. got some. I got some feedback on it. I was actually kind of shy about the whole thing, to be honest. Okay. And what was the what was the uh, the the greatest takeaway from it? People want me to cut it out and make it a standalone. Okay. Well, so hey. I think you should put it on the whatever that insider thing is. Anybody give you any uh, vocal tips or? No. Um. Yes, there was one tip. Sing more. Chest. <laughs> chest chest voice no head voice I, no i got nobody nobody critiqued my vocals nobody nobody did well well that's great yeah it might be the uh the, the start of a new start of a new uh bit i'm available if you need me to sing the anthem please call wonderful well, uh, hey, it, it means you might be able to work in uh the ministry of truthiness huh. yeah i well, know the ministry with all the, pre- with all the crazy pregnant women the, the, the Ministry of Truthiness. Um, also, we have some a clip on that for today. But it also they also banned me from Twitter less than twenty four hours. <laughs> hey, at least you got a, a few hours out of it. I, I like I told you. Um, I had a, a couple of friends who they they have far less reach than you did, and did far less of the work that you did, and they certainly weren't provocative or anything. So they 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 got snipped just because. Somebody just didn't like them. And they tried to make two accounts. And you're talking about two minutes after some of these accounts were were uh, created. created. They are gone. So I, I I don't know if if Twitter has a log of IP addresses and something like that because – The whole point of me creating that account was to prove that there is really nothing different, honestly. Everybody's – Nothing could be different. Yeah, everybody's yeah. like, oh, Twitter's different now. Everybody's no. back. I'm like, shut up. Watch this. Watch. By the way, I was pretty stunned. I, like, I, I didn't. I had one tweet with one million impressions. What? Well, uh, what triggered it though? Let's figure out what what tweet caused you to be booted, and can I replicate it and see if they'll try and shut me down? I, I don't think. No, no. It does. It's 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 the, it's the fact that she's a ban evader. Yeah. Like people. It doesn't matter what she does. Yeah. I was banned once already, so their rules make it so you're not supposed to be able to create an account again. And so once I got the attention of a couple of lefties that came on saying how I was a conspiracy theorist and just like Alex Jones, I said, actually, no, I believe Bigfoot is real. And um, I'm probably about five steps away from Alex Jones. And then people started reporting me, I'm sure. And I got the attention of somebody. And either that or they noticed like, oh, my gosh, this person has picked up 37,000 followers in less than 12 hours. Could have been that, too. I don't know. Well, I mean, um, when the first when it first happened, I know that this has been widely reported on and theorized, but uh, it's the first thing I noticed and thought to myself because it happened so quickly. But within the first twelve hours, everybody's like, "Free speech is back on Twitter." I said, "How? What are you talking about? <laughs> they, they just approved a sale. I, nothing has changed, literally." No, and then they said, and then um, then the word got out about the whole you know the source code being locked down to prevent sabotage, which. I can understand perhaps that's part of some kind of a precondition of sale or or whatever the hell. But immediately I said, okay, well, well, maybe that's one of their public uh, their their public acts, uh, you know, PR kind of a thing going on there. But you know that there was some kind of a clandestine team of coders that went in there and loosened a few nooses and also did something to finally um, to 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 chip away at the bot problem. Because while a lot of people that are not part of the left, uh, they were picking up, I mean, even me, uh, as a smaller account, all of a sudden, I'm picking up dozens of followers an hour again, and my uh, my tweets have three times the reach. It seemed like the same kind of, you know, what I would expect coming out of this uh, this platform about a year and a half ago. 
And um, and I said, okay, no, that th this is very weird. And on the flip side, you have these lefty types who are complaining of losing thousands of followers. And we always knew that their their follower counts were padded by nonsense, non-humans. Yep. So it, it just seems so obvious to me that while they are publicly locking down so-and-so to prevent sabotage and to keep things preserved and all that, they are also making sure that when if Elon Musk does allow this source code to be open for everybody to analyze, they're trying to minimize the embarrassment of just how bad the operation was algorithmically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, I just I just shudder to think what we could have been able to accomplish if the truth were allowed to flourish on that platform. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Like well, literally. Rich Barris. Rich Barris said that, I mean, even though we probably uh, agree to a, a great degree, Tracy, that uh, it wasn't votes that got Joe Biden installed in the White House. But even Rich Barris said that if that one overture that Twitter you uh, did against New York Post uh, having to do with the Hunter Biden laptop had not happened and it was allowed to really just be covered honestly – that he could have lost Joe Biden another eight to fifteen percent of the votes that he did get. Yeah, yeah, that that story in and of itself, and and that brings us, Mike. I know you're yeah. you're on Twitter, and you I followed you obviously, and um, you know, I saw you sitting with your dog, which was really cute, by the way. Um, but the the Ministry of Truth that just formed. <laughs> yes. I have. This is the woman who is running it. Do you want to hear? This is the woman. Here we go. I, are you playing this off your phone? Because I have the clip clear. Oh, go for it. Go ahead. The, the um the, the it's not a Tracy Beans mashup, but it's pretty darn. The writing is pretty solid. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a hoxter takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little hide a little lie when Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine. Or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain. They're laundering disinfo and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice, or vote. And there she is. Your His uh... <laughs> histrionic personality disorder. La, da, 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 da. <laughs> the disinformation mistress, the czar. Of truthiness. Can, can, uh, the Homeland Security, uh, what's his name? Becerra? Is that how you say it? No, uh, Becerra is HHS. You're talking about Mallorca. Yes. So he was the one who was sitting for this hearing the other day. Mm -hmm. And he got blasted, and rightfully so, by several congressmen, um, mainly about the border. But Jim Jordan came at him with this. And... I don't understand why this is even being discussed in this country right now. I, I, I'm i lost. The mission of DHS, which we know was too broad to begin with and clamped down a lot of li liberties and rights. And a lot of us were going, um, yeah, we know the buildings came down and 3000 people were killed, but uh, freedom and liberty and all that stuff. And now they have stepped beyond the mission to create the Ministry of Truthiness and put this this lady in charge. I it's got to be illegal. It's got to be flawed. This can't be something that we even discuss as a serious thing in this. Country. Well, they, the the interesting thing is that uh, she stated this has been in the works for months. That this is not something that just popped up, but was triggered apparently when Elon Musk purchased Twitter. And then they went, oh, my God, they're they're going to unleash the hounds of truth. So we have to stop it. And then Biden's saying that we're going to do this around the world. We're going to support this around the world. How does anyone step up and support this? All of the things that they say are misinformation are true. Well, yeah, it goes back to this woman denying the Hunter Biden laptop. She denied um, she denied any Russian disinformation that links back to the Clinton campaign, the whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing. So the everything, every conspiracy theory is now pretty much shown as being credible. And they're now going to declare it different differently. 
I, I just don't get how this is going to be allowed, how people will accept this. How are they? What are they going to do? Are they going to send someone to your house? Frank, can you imagine they're sending people to your houses? What are they going to do? Uh, I mean, what are they going to throw you in jail for a wrong thing? Is that where we're at now? Really? Oh, I mean, they've been doing that in other parts of the world for a long time. We have a First Amendment, so it's a little bit harder. But uh, then again, they're they're they've uh, we're in a post constitutional post post a uh, American uh, a, a country. I mean, it just it's just what it is. It's just post America. So they're going to just try to rationalize their way into new frontiers, and they've already done a great job. I mean, think about it. Look what they've already done with the, the COVID crap. I mean, everything that has has been rolled back, everything has rolled. Nobody's been repudiated, and nothing. Nobody's been put back in their place, and nothing has been has been made uh, permanently reversed, and nobody has been. Uh, it, it's just all, it's just all superficial stuff, and they're making precedent along the way. So I don't know what they're going to try here. Hopefully there's some judges out there that'll be able to say no. Hopefully some some well placed lawsuits. But this is only one more layer. It's just one more layer to the information war uh, warfare front. And um, and 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 once again they promote and uh, and push histrionic women. This one even worse because she's eight months pregnant to the forefront of it all. So um, I I just wait, I don't understand. Wait, Frank. D don't misidentify her. She's a birthing person. Oh, I know because she's got one hell of a chin there. So she might be Jay Leno in in uh, in drag. I I don't know, but this is what we're we're dealing with, and, and I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I wouldn't take bets on anything right now. I will tell you, this reminds me uh, in in how it's coming together of Van Jones being given the uh, position of Green Jobs Czar in the Obama White House. And but for my old boss, and we don't agree on a lot these days, but Glenn Beck went after gr the green jobs czar and the communist who is Van Jones going into the White House so hard every day that he finally had to resign. And so I think the same needs to happen here. And I just hope some people in the podcast world, in the talk radio world, will step up and go after this ridiculous uh, destruction of liberty. It's 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 almost like I don't even think a lot of like, you know, that that meme that Musk tweeted about what's changed in terms of politics, where the right has kind of maintained its same posture. But the left has gone so far left that now people who are centrists are Republican or conservative leaning. Like, I don't feel like anybody but the extreme is going to be excited about this. Like, who how could you be if you have any any morality inside of you whatsoever? How? Well, you have to be ignorant to the reality that the pendulum will swing back and hit you. And that may be what has blinded people on the absolute fringes, mostly on the fringes of the left. But we witnessed, if you monitored Fox News this morning, and I did a little bit, they were applauding the meme that uh, Elon Musk tweeted, which they interpreted as saying he's he's gone to a conservative stance. No, he hasn't changed. He, he hasn't moved. Just, he hasn't moved. He's right in the middle there. Just like Bill, just like Bill O'Reilly hasn't moved. Not Bill O'Reilly. Um, what's his name? Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Exact same thing. Their positions have been the same. The Overton window, if you will, has shifted. And this is why I've said this before, Mike, with with you, and I've said it with Frank. We have to be very careful because otherwise, those people are going to grab conservatism and move it to the center. And then we'll have a whole group of people moving to the left, moving to the left, moving to the left. Well, yeah, that's, that's why I, I cringe at everybody that gets so um, they get so smitten with these supposedly newly red pilled leftists. Yep. That are that, that don't that have not gone through any real conversion in their life other than realizing that the Democrat Party in particular is driven by the racism they accuse everybody else of being infected with. And or infected by and um, and nothing else has changed. And then all of a sudden, because they have denounced a, a major part of the sociopolitical driver of the uh, the modern left, uh, all these conservatives are like, yes, lead us. You're the best of both worlds. And um, and, and they're just leftists and they're, they, they just represent a stage three cancer instead of a stage four. It's 
I, I mean, I can name names, but I'm not going to. Yeah, no, but, there are plenty. Uh, there are plenty. A couple have been on the show. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and we've had those debates with them, haven't we? Yeah, and it's like throwing, you know, water balloons against a brick wall. It doesn't does nothing penetrates. They have no, they have their own ideas. Fun to watch them explode. Yeah, it's yeah, I guess for the moment I don't, they dry quickly. I don't like the um the the hero worship of it all. It really I don't. Like it's great when somebody realizes like holy crap, this isn't what I I wanted or or this isn't right. But it's another thing to try and then infringe your viewpoint that you had taken from where you were on a group of people who you also demand worship you. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, I'm dying to see the uh, New York Times and uh, who else is putting that together, the documentary on Elon Musk, because everyone's going out now to uh, kill him in reputationally, not kill him physically. But that's the next thing. NBC News is putting up shorter pieces, but this New York Times documentary, I'm interested in watching it. I'm a fan of Elon Musk's innovative sense and sensibilities. I owned one of his cars. I own one of his flamethrowers, not a flamethrower. And uh, I, I own his tequila. But I don't know if I want him running the whole country. Um, I am not a fan because he's very transhumanist. And it bothers me a lot. Um, otherwise, he hasn't done anything lately to piss me off that bad. So whatever. <laughs> like he's the yeah. man. He's I'm with the, you on the transhumanism thing. I'm not getting a chip for yeah, any. I, I know. I know. And, you know, he's the world's rich, richest man. And he just so happens to align with the fact that people should be allowed to say what they want. So. Great. Well, story. the enemy of my enemy is my friend for now. For so. right now. If he'll stand up for free speech, and I am a free speech absolutist, I will fight to keep free speech alive, and I'll I'll enlist him and enroll him in the army. Huh. Yeah, I, well, I, I I've I've had this conversation a bit lately. I think he's a little bit I I don't know. Uh, I have friends that would assign evil to him, but I assign a little bit more of a chaotic, neutral uh, aspect. He's going to do things uh evil things he's going to do good things um i don't know what the what the driver is it's probably all self-interest maybe just a little bit more trying to stir the pot but uh yeah the transhumanist thing that's that's a uh that's a world ender um other than that i don't know i mean i i i take this i guess i take the the twitter thing as a net positive only because it's it's been fun to watch the meltdowns and it's an unknown quantity as far as we don't know where it's going to all go. But as long as we go into this next chapter in Internet history without deprioritizing what we have been forced to do the last five years, and that is invest all of our time and efforts into alternative platforms, the new media we cannot deprioritize that just because Twitter might have some kind of a shakeup. Obviously, we got to be wherever we wherever we're allowed to be to be able to get as visible as we can um, be. But we cannot go back like like uh, you know like uh, I don't know uh, abused spouses. Yep. yep. We cannot go back like that. That's why the whole time I kept on saying like this is you know I was on truth. I'm like this is where I'm spending my time. Between like I post on every platform, literally everyone, but there are two that I focus more time on than others: Telegram and Truth. Um, One of the things um, I, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, Frank. You were talking about Musk, and one of the things I consider him to be, and he may be the only person today I would give the real title of disruptor to, because I don't think anyone else is really a disruptor, and I think his being on the spectrum also qualifies him for consideration as a disruptor who's not there with an evil agenda. I think it's just the way he thinks. He's he. I don't think he's inherently evil. I think he lives to change everything around him because he doesn't see it as normal. Could be. It could be. I'm, it really could. Name another disruptor out there. With, without the uh, capitalist or... Or power agenda, you you know Branson certainly isn't it. Zuckerberg certainly isn't it. Uh, Warren Buffett uh, sounds like he's this avuncular character and appears to be such, but I think at the end of the day, he has um, he has Soros-like 
um, instincts, but on a capitalist level. I don't yeah. think anybody, not nobody on on uh, Musk's uh, Musk's level of income and influence. Um, I, I and I, I know that in all officially public records, he is the richest man on earth. But the richest men and women on earth, they're they're not a part of these lists. I mean, there are there are people we're talking about are in the trillions of dollars worth. Um, we're, we're talking about old blood from other eras that are, that are still around there. So I, it's still just the, the upper echelon of the movie that we watch every day for sure. But I think that out of that list, you're right. I don't think that there's anybody that matches the character type of Elon Musk and having the actual uh, resources to influence anything. I mean, there, there's plenty of movers and shakers out there on the lower levels that have created alternative platforms like Gab and other things that have gone and, and tested the status quo, but uh, none with the resources to be able to cobble together a an extra $44 billion and take Twitter off the map, off the market. It's you know, definitely not. What about if, oh, huh. what about if that's the reason for this at all? Like, what if that's the purpose of him doing this? Is to what? To, what? Is to clear the field for the uh, competitors. Well, that would be a lot of money spent just to blow it up. Even for somebody worth three hundred billion, forty-four billion. I mean, that, it can't. Did he bring in partners for this, or is it just all him? It's financing. He he put up a chunk and then got it financed. So I okay. guess you could technically say partners, but he has retained the control. I don't know. That's one hell of a expensive fireworks show. I don't know. I, don't know. Just, I, 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 I did you get? Did you get? I don't know, uh, Mike. Are you on Gab at all or no? Nope. Okay, so Frank, did you get the the email from Andrew Torba? No, uh, I don't think so. He sent out an email, and like every email that he sends out when another platform does something is like a nasty. We were here first email. Like he doesn't ever just let people choose where they're going to go. He basically shames you if you don't want to be where he is. It's very strange. Like he, the email that he put out the other day was basically saying that all of the people, the Gab is now more of like a Facebook-like platform than it was a Twitter-like replacement. And that all of the Christians from get from Facebook are going to come to Gab because they have a Christian community based on Christian values. And okay. I, I just, I just wonder if he, he wasn't so bitter, which I guess I understand given all they've gone through, if he would win more flies with honey than he would with the vinegar that he's been pushing out all over. I mean, it's just, it's ever, I saw the guy, the, I guess the head honcho at Getter, um, pop up and, and do similar things. I mean, so, uh, people might approach it from different angles and they, they might be able to mask their, um, their emotions a little bit better. I, I can't blame Torba for for feeling like oh god you know this now this is going on you know or or why couldn't uh, Elon Musk or or Donald Trump have made an account on we have all the infrastructure here uh, why couldn't you have spread out that forty four billion dollars among new media where we have great great momentum right now all that stuff so I understand why people who are in the game got skin in it and see this gigantic pole shift. Because if something over the next six months, I mean, you guys listen to that, you guys listen to that all hands uh, uh, leak from Project Veritas, that the, the Twitter meeting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's obviously a, a lot of work, a lot of work that has to be done administratively over there for there to really be a culture shift toward free speech. Um, so who knows? Who knows if if they if it really does take a turn toward the better in the next six to eight months, and it is verifiably so, I, that is going to at least slow the growth of new media, especially for people who have not seen um, have not seen felt the sting like we have that we know that, that we have to spread our eggs in every basket we can uh, for for the average consumer, the average person who's interacting in, on social media. Uh, they're, they're probably just going to gravitate toward a big name like Twitter that has a lot of controversy there. It's, it's the new Elon Musk, 
you know, Burger King ball pit. We can go in and uh, and have a ball. I mean, that's going to that's definitely going to affect a lot of people's decision making as to where they plant themselves, at least for the foreseeable future. So I understand where the vinegar comes from. Um, and some people are a little bit more able to keep that in check than others, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing is is nonsense. It sucks. The whole the whole landscape for me, like it was fun being back there for 24 hours only to see everybody excited that, you know, the information would be flowing again. But yeah, it's OK. There are other places to do it. Um, so, well, well, let's think about that. If they rectify that situation, if once it's official and Elon's fully in control and you're allowed back in, will you go back? I will. Okay, because that's the free market working. And if Twitter is solid and free, then there isn't the need for Andrew Torba and, and people like him to create an alternative if there is no need for it. But what I see happening, and we haven't even opened this door, is you're going to see more boutique operations, which is what you know some of the alternatives had become. But that just means there could be a healthy community in, in several areas that are based on boutique interests for people. So I, I wouldn't discount that as being a possible marketplace. Well, I mean, either way, there the altern- There are people who are not going to go back. Like once, you fool me once type of a mentality because it's so volatile and what they've done to people is so screwed up. And I won't go back unless all of the people who have been banned for no reason are also allowed back. Because you want a purge before you go back in. Yeah, I want it to be, I want a very clear purge and I want it to be very clear what they can and cannot do and I want them held to account for it. I will not be removing or stopping my participation with any of the uh, alternative platforms that have sprung up because these people stepped in to fill a need, invested lots of money to fill that need and I don't trust that that need won't be there or will be different. Um, so yeah, I will mirror what I'm doing on these platforms. I will mirror it everywhere. So there's so many interesting parallels here. And one could even throw the automotive industry in here because they initially talked about electric vehicles and, and shot away from them and they leaned on hybrids. And then here comes Tesla. Here comes Musk. Once again, he makes a successful, profitable car company that they all fell in love with. But then at the same time, they coveted it. And then they courted through all of their connections the uh, same kind of governmental benefits. And now you have GM and Ford and eventually uh, some of the other biggies who are going to go to electric vehicles without any acceptance of the reality of the environmental devastation they do to build them and then to (laughs) recycle the batteries. I know. But they are, uh, their goal is to screw Musk, and that's what they're doing. That's it's the same thing with Twitter. That's all they care about. Speaking of 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 environmental stuff and blah blah blah, did you see? There's a lot of people that are raising the red flag right now about um about what's it called uh, food shortage and stuff. Like the the president of Goya came out. Mm-hmm. And said, we're in for a real problem. Like, it's one of those delayed things. Like, the problem is now, but we won't feel it for five or six months. Yeah, if if you're not buying uh, an extra box of pasta or non-perishables, a couple of cans every time you go to the store and just putting it in the basement, I don't want you to go all full out uh, Alex Jones prepper and get the palate of dried crap that you can eat for 25 years. But it's going. there's going to be a compression of availability of food and it's going to hit us, but it won't hit us as hard as it's going to hit um, the, the Middle East and parts of uh, parts of Europe. But look at what the Ukraine and Russian wheat deficit is going to do and then tie in the, the um, supply chain shortage with China shutting so many ports down and so many cities down. There's there is no way this cannot have a problem behind it. Yeah, I, I I would say yes. Go out and get. I'm I'm doing the 25 year uh, shelf life uh, Me approach. Too. Me too. I'm getting. I'm I'm building up my pallets of of food that will last far longer than the uh, the uh, the patoli pasta. That's for sure. Because um, do you have chickens? No, no, no. But but I that, I would love that, and I'd also love to 
I know there are certain methods I'm, I've been reading about of, of growing massive amounts of potatoes in a very small um, uh, small area, buckets and things like that. But I, I think it's I think it's it's imperative of people to get a little bit more Alex Jonesy with their prepping. To be honest, I um I had a huge supply, really well done, Frank. That and and Mike too. Mike, they burn everything burned. Oh everything. no, that oh, was part man. of the fire. Yeah. I would like to see if anybody could, you know, and I understand those those pallets of food are available. Even uh, Jim Baker, the old PTL guy, is selling the same kind of thing. Uh, the giant five-gallon buckets, Home Depot-like buckets of dried food that you could live on. And he says, use them as a base for your coffee table. No, that's not the chic I'm going after. <laughs> but I, I'd like to have a taste test. I wish somebody would do a taste and nutrition test, too. Because I, I I I just don't know if I buy it. Have either of you ever tasted that stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah, and and well, the whole point there is that it's uh, whatever the hell it is, and a lot of it does taste great, especially if you can you can mix it with uh, hot water. You know, some of it is as simple as almost like a hamburger helper kind of a thing. But there's mm -hmm. it's got a lot. It's got a lot um, of variety here. I'm making. I could probably jump into some of the here, Tracy. You uh, uh to keep keep Mike occupied. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna find some meals I've been, I have. Here. I've learned how to do that. I I do a, a good job. You do. Or you keep me very. It's like a cat with a string that you're holding up over me. But I, we need to get in, or I I want to introduce you all to um, my friend, Creek Stewart. Do you know Creek? No. He is uh, was at one time one of the youngest Eagle Scouts in America. When he was a kid and he now is regularly seen on the uh, on the Weather Channel and on Nat Geo in shows about survival situations. His motto is it's not a matter of if, but when. And he teaches people how to survive. And he had a show one time called Fat Guys in the Woods. And it ran for three seasons where they would take three total strangers. Yeah. Who, lumpy guys like me. And take them off the couch and take them out in the middle of nowhere. And they would spend five days in the middle of nowhere. Day one, he stayed with them, taught them, taught them how to light a fire, build a shelter, and find water and maybe food. And then he left them with cameras. And he would come back <laughs> in four days, and they would pick the, the most accomplished person. It's really fascinating because on the fourth day they separated them, and you had to spend 24 hours by yourself. So almost uh, like naked and afraid. Yeah, but without the naked, and it was it has real stuff in it, and it shows you really about survival. I took him in Central Park and did a video. If you asking him, you know, if we got hit with uh, the an e what are those um, an EMP an EMP if we got hit with an EMP, could you survive in Central Park? And he walked me around the park and showed me how much food and water was available in Central Park and how we could live, including how we could eat duck almost every day or squirrel stew, which he claims is delicious. You have to do that when you're in a situation like that. It's every man for himself and you have to. Otherwise, like I'm sitting here looking around. I'm like, I don't got any plants growing in my backyard. That's a that's my problem. Well, you know? I, I do keep some supplies of, of things that uh, Creek has taught me. He sends out a package twice, no, every six, every two months. So it's six times a year. He sends out a package that teaches you survival skills. It's just a little box with like four different assignments in it and a tool. And so over the course of a couple of years, I've I've learned how to start a fire in this situation, how to create this. That's edible. That's not. And uh, how you could create your own fishing net out of plants. It's a really interesting guy. And and. He's very independent. He doesn't really play a political game, but I suspect he's a conservative Christian. Most of them are because they're smart. Yeah. I, uh, I have, I've been interviewing and getting a lot of people out into the, uh, the open who are doing perm, uh, permaculture work, um, cob, uh, cob therapy work that were the, had to build natural structures just from old uh, cob bricks and all that stuff. And it's been wonderful. It's, I think that's the, the greatest thing there is that people don't really have the, the, uh, the skills anymore. And building up the skills aren't really that hard. That's what I've been getting a little bit more inspired about. And all this food, 
the food that you can get just to build as a baseline, the way I always sell it is it's insurance that you can eat. I mean, it, it's just add, it's just add water. It's not going to be something, you know, five star, five star related. And it's probably gotten a lot better than it had, had been 25 years ago when people were making, you know, freeze dried, uh, non-perishable foods back then for people who, who like to prep. But, you know, obviously this is not your first line of defense. It's your last line of defense to make sure that you are at least having something that is nutrient dense, a little bit more, uh, you know, caloric, uh, caloric value that you can use and uh, turn into some clean energy there. But that's that's really it. There's a lot of cool stuff here. Got loaded baked potato casserole, uh, Southwest rice and beans, savory stroganoff, potatoes and chicken flavored pot pie. You know, obviously it's not potatoes and chicken. Frank and I are both chicken. sponsored individually by the same sponsor. Really? Which, which one? Blue Monster Prep. It's Blue Monster Prep, which which really we're technically not supposed to say because it's not a podcast sponsor. So that kind of wades into issue. But if you need more information, you can find our social media. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was the first, uh, the first, I think Tracy's probably the second. Yep. The second, uh, I thought we may be the only two people that they sponsor. Yes. And they're a Patriot owned, family owned business that really. Wonderful people. Amazing people. Amazing people. Anyway. I didn't mean to drag you into mentioning them, but I'm curious because there are myriad opportunities for people to purchase this stuff and might as well take care of people who take care of you. You know, I'll tell a story non-related. They were in California and they left California to come to Texas and the state of California, after they came to Texas and, and like changed their business domicile and all that, froze their bank accounts, Mike. The state of Texas did or California, California. California. Of course they yeah. did. Of course they did. Yep. Froze all of their bank accounts. They, they obviously worked and, and banked up with, and you know, got around it and everything. Um, but yeah, completely froze everything. I mean, I felt so bad for them. I asked them if I could share that with my people because I felt like people needed to understand like what happens to small businesses trying to do the right thing when they, you leave a commie state for a free one. I, how can they even do that? That's like civil asset forfeiture without committing a crime. They're just taking it because they're mad. I I understand. I do not find it legal when, when the government says, if you're going to leave the country, we're going to take half of your money, like Schumer and those guys want to tax you if you want to become an expatriate, which is why none of those people ever leave when they say, oh, we're going to Canada if Trump's elected. Well, yeah, you got to pay a penalty. But uh, it's not right and it's not fair, but I certainly can't imagine it's legal to do it with anyone moving from a state to another. I, yeah. th this is this is the problem. Like this is the kind of tyranny we're living under every day that nobody seems to really like until it happens to you. Like people don't pay enough attention to it. Like there's a story this morning in AM Greatness I didn't get to finish reading about how there's some water commission in California that's stopping everybody from getting fresh water even though it's there in abundance. Well, I, I mean, the, uh, Arizona is starting to is starting to show signs of water shortages too, which I, I think that's another aspect that we aren't uh, expecting right now because everybody's talking about the the fracturing in the food supply and also these very 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 interesting other events that are going to put strain on food supplies there too. But water, hell, now, look at Lake Mead, the um, the tube, the pipeline that feeds California is exposed for the first time. I'm just waiting for the Yellowstone people to come back around. Remember that a couple years ago? No, I don't. Oh, what the super volcano? Yeah, Yellowstone was kind of percolating under there, and every oh, caldera you're talking about. Yeah, but it was like, oh, it's due. It's been so long. If this happens, the wildlife is acting weird. You know, they're not doing what they're usually doing. They're running from things, which because you know animals sense things way before people do, energetically and. That's the movies when the dogs start going. That's not true. They do. I'm kidding you. Oh, all right. I was going to say. But yeah, the caldera thing people talk about all the time. But then there's the if you're going to follow that one, you have to follow the story that Ted Turner is cornering the market on land with water underneath it. 
because he wants to own all of the area with water. And there's another area in uh, Central Africa that allegedly has uh, water underneath the surface more than an ocean's worth. Um, there's also the Bill Gates buying up all the farmland, which is true. Oh, yeah. But a lot of the investment folks have said that for years. Uh, the big institutional investment houses have said to the super rich, buy farmland because food is going to be as valuable as gold. And so will water. And, here and we water as valuable as oil. That was the um, that was the basis of that that second Daniel Craig Bond film, Quantum of Solace. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as popular as the other ones, but those Bond films are wonderful for uh, revelation of the method. That's definitely a part of it. Do we um, do we have anything fun, Mike? Do you have fun things for today for the last fifteen? Fun is the best thing to have. I have two pieces of really good news. Oh, good. Let's do that um, because this has been depressing. Start, start in there. Um, MSNBC's Joy Reid has lost half of her audience. <laughs> so what, she has like three people watching now? Uh, immediate family only. Now, she actually, uh, because they are such a rabid commune of followers, uh, she actually generates a million eyeballs on any given night. And I say that because I think they're mostly Cyclops watching. But yeah, she's halved her audience since she launched 18 months ago, which is a good sign, I think. Uh, and the second thing that um, is good news, but I'm it's really kind of bumming me out. I had planned my weekend around watching CNN Plus go away. You know, it was supposed to end on Saturday evening and um, they killed it last night. Yeah, with. Wolf Blitzer saying goodbye. He should have shaved his beard and like ripped his shirt off and had a bottle of tequila and screaming, but they just killed it last night. So they couldn't even make it to the end of the month. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, on the joy read thing. What was the point in that? Frank, there was one point in this article where they said she only had 129,000 viewers. What was that? Wow. We do better than that daily. Wow, we well, and those aren't people who are those are people who are sitting down and watching her when she's live, or is this is this like on demand or some other kind of uh, um, digital metric of highlights on the internet on uh, you know embeds of portions of her show that are are viewed embedded inside of articles. I, I can't imagine even in a country of three hundred thirty million people that over a hundred thousand households or people were sitting down to watch her while she's live. That's within the demo with a 2554. So their target demo for the readout had lost 57% uh, from uh, 2020, July, 2020, a dismal, as they refer to a dismal 124,000 viewers, which in cable news at this level and the money they're paying her estimated $5 million a year, yeah, that's immediate family only. She could go to all their homes and, and they could do better and spend less. <laughs> it makes me laugh because like I say all the time with a million dollars, what I could do with Uncover DC in like less than five months. And I probably wouldn't even need anywhere close to that to do what I want. And then I see the Daily Wire putting up billboards in in Times Square, Taylor Lorenz, Doc's libs of TikTok. And I'm like, oh, boy, what it would be like to be able to, you know, burn money like that. Um, correction department. I don't think that was uh, Daily it, Wire. I think that was Tim Pool with with the Daily Wire. Oh, I'm sorry. I said corrected. I thought that was Pool because he's such a radical. Yeah. What with, with the with with the the billboard? Yeah. Yeah, it was him. And I think Jeremy Boring. That's right. Or Goring, Boring, whatever. I, I never know how to pronounce his name either. But they must have sold a lot of razors. Yeah. Because they did, uh, they probably have flush with cash over their, their razors that they start. Which I, I support this kind of conservative it's capitalism. And um, Frank, you were here the other day. I was talking to Tracy about it. Um, my old buddy Mike Rowe, who makes uh, scholarships happen for people who want to be I love Mike Rowe. He is one of the greatest people you'll ever meet. He has agreed to join us in the very near future to talk about his new project, which is Noble Whiskey. And uh, it is a whiskey made just 
before his, well it's the name of his grandfather but he does a brilliant sea shanty uh supporting it mike was operatically trained and he's really talented but he's going to talk about uh the mike works and what they're doing and getting people into jobs that don't require hundreds of thousands of dollars of college loans and actually provide a good living i, I does he still do his his podcast uh, yes, he's a regular he, podcaster. Uh, isn't is, it was a call? How I heard it. Yeah, how I heard it. And uh, his mom, who's hilarious, obviously makes a lot of appearances. But he's doing that and kind of another version of Dirty Jobs. And um, he has a, a a show that got kind of pandemic sidelined, as many did, that would travel around the country and surprise people with um, grants for the work they're doing in their communities. And it's just phenomenal stuff to watch it happen. It's, it's a total good news thing. I'm, and I, just to correct the, the, the potential, potential, um, you know, mistake here. I, I am not against the fact that the daily wire is wildly successful in their razor venture. I think it's wonderful. I just want to make sure that everybody understands. I don't think we thought you were against it. Well, you said, well, I love this sort of conservative cat and I do too. I, I'm not, I'm not bitter in that sense. Oh, I'm sorry. I made that no, happen. Don't appear to happen. No, my apology. I'm just clarifying. So people out there understand like more power to them. It's I should use the Royal we more often. <laughs> just to prevent, but that might piss you off when I say something really offensive as well. So, and uh, I rarely, I never give money to political campaigns I, because, A, I'm cheap, and, B, I try to remain some kind of neutral party. But I'm thinking about buying the, um, the Joe Biden gas can that the GOP is selling. I don't know if you've seen it. I have uh, not. No, I haven't seen that. It's a five-gallon gas can, the one you've seen many people carrying as they walk from their empty cars to uh, the gas station. And it's got a, a, a big sticker of Joe wearing a mask and says, fuel up now before gas hits $10 a gallon. I got to give him credit. I think this is a good a good bit of campaign uh, merch. So good on you guys. The GOP sometimes has good ideas occasionally. Occasionally. You know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Frank, so they, do, you, do you have anything interesting for us today? Uh, no, no, I, 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 I was looking around just to see what I had in my, hold on a second. Let me sit here. Uh, no plane crash. Uh, no, <laughs> let's, let's sit here. Plant? Cause <laughs> we keep hearing the food plants. Are oh, here's one. Here's one. Uh, meta makeout, uh, metaverse kissing now possible with tech that sends sensations to the mouth, the lips and the tongue. Mm. Scientists have created a device that brings a feeling sensation to the mouth, lips, and tongue. This will this will be great. They're, they're pretty much we are watching the real time development of all of the attachments and the hoses and the uh, the devices that will be attached to us inside of our little matrix pods. Yeah. To make to make to make the experience feel like you're actually living a life. They pulled it off by adding a load of special ultrasonic transducers to a VR headset. At the moment, the metaverse and VR is largely focused on 360 visuals, sound, and hand controls. Although experts don't show how it could be used to kiss, you can imagine how it might become popular use, a use case for virtual lovers. Instead, they demonstrate the technology being used in various scenarios, such as a haunted adventure game with spiders. Testers felt sensations on their lips as they walked through webs. Creepy crawlers jumped at their face and even a sensory feeling from exploding spiders when you shoot them. Others use cases, uh, other use cases mimic the sensation from drinking at a water fountain, sipping a coffee, brushing your teeth, or even smoking a cigarette. How do you do that other than actually doing those things? What what mimics the sensation of some kind of a bristled object brushing and scraping your teeth and gums? Electronic other than pulses. a bristled object touching your teeth and gums. I'm a big no on all this. Um, and I, I know it's gonna, this is great news for, uh, who's that guy from Tokyo, Mr. Kondo? 
The one who was in love with the anime character? No, he married yes. a hologram. Yes. Nobody in his family showed up. He describes himself as a fictosexual. Oh. But oddly enough, nobody from his family would show up for the wedding. And now he's upset because some technology broke and she can't reciprocate. Yeah. Um, buy new batteries, Mr. Kondo. <laughs> or just like that Kazakhstan, uh, the, the bodybuilder from Kazakhstan. I've been following his story for years. He um, he married a sex doll and then the sex doll broke and he he found love with a a uh, an ashtray and then and then after the 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 romance fizzled with the ashtray he found himself another sex doll and hopefully this one's head doesn't pop off while he's beating it mercilessly every night um just to say this i i have a question for both of you and then we'll close it for the day yes the answer is no no not not even thought about it once no no that's not my question you men okay <laughs> Okay, because it's like because that would be like having sex with a dead body. So no. Again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I love you. So this is it. Do you think there have always been this many crazy people in the world, or do you think the implementation of the internet has allowed us to see them more? Or, or, or do you think that they haven't existed and they're crazy now? Like, is has the internet allowed us to see more of these crazy people, but they've always existed? Or are people more crazy now than they were before? B. 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 You, you, have, you, have, you have to account for the fact that there is a lot more people on the planet and therefore subcategories of mentally ill are going to grow as well but we are living in such a toxic environment uh, chemically, uh, uh, educationally, media-wide. I mean, there's so much pollution, so much pollution. Um, it, is, it, has turned us, it has turned us into a governmental pollution. You think about how, how the war on poverty has, has completely destroyed families has completely destroyed women. Uh, the the liberation movement has destroyed women. I mean, we are talking about unbelievable, untold levels of mental illness that is not not even uh, thought of as something that needs to be corrected or treated or isolated anymore. It's promoted and it's it's um, it's it's I, I don't know. It, it's venerated in many ways. So definitely B. You have to control for a few other things like population growth, but B across the board. Say, I'm going to take a slightly different tact. I, I think there's a constant. If you look at uh, poverty in, in our country and pretty much around the world, poverty in society stays at a certain level, just as I would argue that mental illness stays at a certain level. And it'll have slight fluctuations up or down within. The increase in the population on the planet doesn't change the percentage. It, you know, they always say that, uh, what is it, one out of every 10 people you know is going to end up in a uh, in a prison situation, we'll have more people as in prison as we have a bigger population, but you're not going to have a higher percentage. Uh, I also think that the contribution of access to information can't be underscored. We we see it and we're fascinated by it, but we read all the weird crap. The good stuff doesn't rise to the top. You know, look, just look at how much time we spent on the Amber Heard and. Uh, a Johnny Depp story in, in our private lives this week. You know, we're fascinated by it. But I don't think that means all of Hollywood is crapping in each other's beds and throwing vodka bottles at each other. The, 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 that trial took such a weird turn. It's longer than most criminal trials at this point. And, well, and Amber's up next. Oh, goodness. <laughs> She's next week. You had four days of Johnny Depp. Wait till you hear... What Amber has, and Elon's on the uh, witness list. Fantastic. Just fantastic. What they did but, to that poor psychologist, I'll never be able to understand the the the, the defense. I mean, insane. No, uh, no. The, the She was basically an expert witness called by Depp. Oh. And so Heard's attorneys, the way they tried to, like, discount her was so elementary and stupid. And this woman is, like, brilliant. It was something else to watch. Although well, she did use the word essentially way too much for me. I hate people that do that. Uh, now you've triggered me. I had a guy, I worked with a guy at Fox who essentially, that's how he'd open every meeting. And I wanted to hit him with a 
water balloon. Nobody nope. ever uses that word correctly. They'll use it a hundred times and, and they never really use it the way it's meant to be used. Yes, Frank, I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying don't overuse words. You cannot overuse words. Like essentially becomes every other sentence. Essentially, like use it for what it's meant for. It's it's a very special word, essentially. It can't be overused. I'm going to make note of that. Sprinkle it in. Just well, sprinkle I, it in. It's like watching Judge Judy when somebody starts saying like a lot, and they do. She shuts them down. I'm looking. Uh, for, uh, no, I'm looking for the definition of essentially, and I also have something that's been percolating behind the scenes here. This entire podcast that is now coming to a to a blasting finish. Um, really? Yeah. Used to emphasize the basic, fundamental, or intrinsic nature of a person, thing, or situation. Like an essential worker. <laughs> <laughs> they have a, a graph here used over time. Like how much it's been used, the word. Of that word in particular? Yeah. Oh, it, it, you uh, use, the, use the technology that you're on right now yes. to find what literally... How literally oh. is, um, huh. and and then use that for, what's another one? What's another one? No, what's another word I absolutely hate now? Like? But yeah, literally was another one. Literally. Use, use over time for literally looks like uh, it's really, really picked up in 2019 here. Literally. <laughs> Okay. They are literally becoming 1984. Literally. <laughs> Essentially <laughs> and literally. Because they probably use it for a lot of people. They they just use it interchangeably. No. Quasi-intellectuals use essentially. Teenagers oh, use literally. This is very good. I can use this on people this weekend. Good. Because your Quasi plans. Quasi-intellectuals yeah. use because your 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 plans got all screwed up with CNN Plus. Now you can set you can instead you can do this. I know. I I have to come up with a new. It was going to be such a great funeral. We were going to end with Boys to Men. My my buddy Rich was saying he was singing it today. It's so hard to say goodbye. It would have been great. And there's Wolfie and there's Stelter. And there's Stelter? All, all of huh. Frank does a good Stelter. No, I, you know who, you know who does a really good stelter that it make it's, it's made me rethink my, my impression. Oh, who the hell was, oh, um, everything you can say about Russell Brand. I don't really follow him too much. Uh, cause I, I, I have a, a lot of reserve. I reserve a lot of, um, I'm very cautious with him because he comes from that, that very left wing thinking. And pretty much what we were talking about before. I'm very cautious with him, though he has done all, he has pretty re much repurposed himself for doing social commentary. And he really did a good Brian Stelter, um, maybe about a, two months ago. Really good that he he sank into something like you know Mark Dice just puts on the Mickey Mouse voice, but he put he went down and he got into the nitty gritty and he did a really good Brian Stelter, who I always said if you close your eyes. He has the voice of Ricky Lake. So it, it's that's really just what it is. He's like it's like Ricky Lake's voice trapped into an androgynous donuts body. And 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 that's that's what you have to really focus on when you are are doing Brian Stelter. And and Russell Brand did a great job. I don't know if you can find it. Do Russell Brand imitates Brian Stelter? Yeah. You can play that before we go. Yeah. But he did he did a good one. Russell. Well, now now I want um I got it. Now I want um, androgynous donuts after Ooh, lunch today. So hold on. I, I think I have found the Russell brand, but I got to get past the stupid 30-second commercial. So let me mute it. It'll be done in five seconds. Okay. Four, three, two. And let's uh, skip and see odd. And uh, here you go. Hey, but not all opinions are created equal. Now, listen here, Sonny Jim. You're not only making people not trust you, you're making them not trust me. Who just wing it. Who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms. They're like, why don't people trust me? They trust Rogan, but I'm perfectly trusted. Look how loose my tie knot is. Joe Rogan's irresponsible. He took horse maggot medicine the other day. Now tell me, sir, 
and don't tell me anything other than this. Should there be a war? No, I, I'm okay with it. But he sounds. It, it, it needs to be a little. It's a little bit lower pitched than it needs to be. But he he captures something that a lot of people who who uh, who uh, imitate him don't capture. A little bit more of that 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 prissiness. A little like that character that um, Steve Martin's buddy Mar Martin Short does. The guy. Oh, who Glick. Yeah. Oh no. Or um, Ed Ed. Uh, what's his name? Grimley. I must say. Oh. But but um, the Joe Rogan does a really good physical impression of how Stelter sits. And he talked about it in one of the uh, podcasts recently. But you need like nine hours to sit through to get to it. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, Joe, we don't all have three hours a day. I know. Well, guys, I thank know. you so much for a great show today. You oh. have been listening to the Dark Delight Podcast with... Frankie Val on the drums and Conservatives we rebuild America. We have held a promise. Michael Pelka and <laughs> Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Happy birthday, Lauren, and we will be back on Monday. See ya later. Didn't get her a card? <laughs>